Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen speak with New Orleans Saints media. They talk about quarterback. They talk about defensive coordinators and rising stars on the coaching staff. We'll cover it all and give you a little bit of land yap on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, USA Today, Saints Wire, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. I wanted to do a second episode on this Friday to wrap up your week as the NFL Combine continues along. If you missed the first episode today, make sure that you check it out. We talked about wide receivers. We talked about Combine, offensive linemen to watch this evening, so on and so forth. But for this episode, I wanted to highlight some of the big notes to take away from Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen, who met with media. And one of the big conversations that they had was around the quarterback position and the desire to reunite with Jameis Winston. Well, kind of. That's the big piece. So one of the big uh, conferences that took place was Mickey Loomis meeting with New Orleans Saints media. As you might remember, Dennis Allen was not able to do the combine availability. So he also had uh, a little bit, you know, he had a media availability with New Orleans media on Friday instead. So here's how this all broke down in terms of what you should know about the quarterback spot. So there are a couple of big pieces to walk away with here. First of which is that Jameis Winston is definitely an option still for the New Orleans Saints. Seems that they're keeping in touch with him, watching his rehab, all of that, all the things that we expected. Mickey Loomis saying, basically, I'll I'll paraphrase a little bit, Jameis Winston is definitely an option, and the New Orleans Saints hope that they are an option for Jameis Winston. So what does that mean? What it means is that the New Orleans Saints could be interested in reuniting with Jameis Winston. However, they're looking for the mutual interest from Jameis based upon what he might be able to get elsewhere. New Orleans Saints, they're going to be in that quarterback market this offseason. As we all know, they have to be. However, They might not be looking to spend a ton of money on a quarterback. And so if Jameis's market is bigger than maybe anticipated or gets run up, which is possible in yesterday's episode, if you miss it, or not even yesterday's episode, the first episode of the day, we talked a little bit about the veteran quarterback market sort of draining, dwindling, and how that impacts the way that teams are looking at quarterbacks, how that impacts the New Orleans Saints. One of the ways that it impacts the New Orleans Saints beyond just their options falling away is that other teams' options are falling away as well. That could potentially drive Jameis Winston's market up, taking him from one-year prove-it contract with incentives to a $20 million a year contract, potentially. So if that ends up being the case, then New Orleans might not be the destination that Jameis wants to go when he can maximize his profit by going to another team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Washington Commanders, who have already called every single team across the NFL, including making a pitch to try to trade to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson went nowhere, but it's very clear that Washington is in that quarterback market. Jameis Winston should be a free agent quarterback. If that's going to be the case, that could potentially present some issues for the New Orleans Saints as the rest of the market continues to dry up. So what does that leave the New Orleans Saints? Well, I know a lot of folks have not been happy to hear the name. I don't really necessarily understand why he was 5-0 and as a starter with the New Orleans Saints, with Michael Thomas, with this system and a renewed focus around building the offense could potentially be more helpful, but people seem to be hesitant around the idea, but 
Teddy Bridgewater, who I referenced in an article that I wrote just a couple of days ago, is probably the second most likely option for the New Orleans Saints at quarterback outside of the guys that are already in the building, in the facility, Taysom Hill, Ian Book, so on and so forth. The reason why I don't really have a trouble with Teddy Bridgewater is simple, right? He's been in the system before. He knows it. The Saints are looking for familiarity. They're looking for continuity. All the things that you've heard me say over and over and over again also point to Teddy Bridgewater, who is a free agent. New Orleans Saints would be able to dictate his contract and his structure, and they would effectively be able to utilize him as a bridge quarterback going into much better draft quarterback scenarios over the course of the next couple of seasons or to allow somebody else to develop into a starting quarterback. Or you're comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater moving forward because he can run your system. Yes, he had a lot of weapons around him in Denver, but there were a lot of injury concerns just like there were with the New Orleans Saints last year, and it's a different system entirely in Denver than the one that will continue on in New Orleans, which is one that Teddy Bridgewater will be comfortable with, one that they tried to replicate and failed to replicate in Carolina outside of the limitations that Teddy Bridgewater may present. So with that being the case, if Teddy Bridgewater ends up being the guy in New Orleans in 2022, it can happen. So there's that. The next piece would be the rookie quarterback conversation, right? Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, those are probably your two first rounders this year. Maybe Matt Corral is able to sneak up in there. Any of those three could be a good option for the New Orleans Saints. I was surprised by Matt Corral's size, if I'm being honest, him coming in at 212 pounds. I saw him the day before he weighed in. I didn't think he was going to weigh in under, I mean, over uh, 200 pounds or maybe right at 200 pounds. And, you know, listen to me talking, I'm rail thin. So, you know, what do I know? But the New Orleans Saints don't seem to be ready to turn things over to a rookie quarterback immediately, which doesn't mean that they won't draft a rookie quarterback if the right one is there at the right time second round, third round, late first round, if they decide to trade back in to get the fifth year option, which makes sense. I get that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready to draft one and then hand them the keys to the system, hand them the keys to the team. So having that other veteran quarterback, whether it's Seamus Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, or otherwise makes a lot of sense, but won't rule out the New Orleans Saints drafting a quarterback. All of those are things that you can glean from Mickey Loomis's time with the New Orleans Saints media, and all of them shouldn't really be surprises. I mean, who are your other options? What other options do you have outside of the guys in the building, which I want to stress are still options. Taysom Hill in particular, right? How quickly is he going to come back from that Liz Frank injury and be available? That's going to be a big factor, but there's still options. Who else is out there? I mean, what other options do you really have outside of maybe Kirk Cousins, but do you really want to commit to Kirk Cousins long-term because an extension is the only way that you're going to get his salary cap situation manageable and worth his time, right? And worth the New Orleans Saints time dealing with him right? Mitch Trubisky, he's not going to be a long-term starter for you. He's got some talent, but you can't trust that that's going to happen. So you have to go with somebody that's been in the system before. And I get that. I 100% understand that. So we'll see exactly what it goes, what it means. But if you follow the breadcrumbs that the New Orleans Saints have set so far this season, the two names that you're going to continue to see all offseason are going to be Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. Don't be surprised if either one of those guys are your starters in 2022. Now, while the New Orleans Saints are still trying to figure out the quarterback situation, the coaching staff has been the focus so far this offseason. They went ahead and moved forward with co-defensive coordinators in Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen. What will the division of labor look like? And where does Dennis Allen as the play caller on defense factor into everything? We'll talk about that and clarify, get you all the information that you need as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And hey, the NFL scouting combine continues on. There's still time for one of those records to be broken. John Ross's 4-2-2 40-yard dash. Steven Paez 49 on the bench press. There's a ton to look at and you can find it all over at betonline.net. Go ahead and check them out for everything that you need for all of your betting needs. And they're the number one place for all of your sports betting news, analysis, and of course, podcasts as well. And 
course, there are the official online gambling partners right here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you get the chance, go and check them out, betonline.net. You can check out their mobile device or their mobile website, their uh, desktop website, super easy to navigate, gives you everything that you need. And of course, you've got a bunch of uh, crazy offers that are going to be available all the time. So go and check them out, betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thanks so much again for making us your first listen of the day or potentially your second listen of the day. Drop two episodes here on this Friday, March 3rd. Nope, March 4th. Hmm, this is going well. Um, next up, I want to talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints co-defensive coordinator position because they have meticulously found a way to build a plan around effectively three people holding responsibilities within the defensive coordinator position. Let's start off with just a quick recap of what decisions they've made. The first of which that impacts defensive coordinator pretty much immediately is the fact that Dennis Allen, the former New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator, who was a defensive coordinator last year, was elevated up to head coach. One of the very first things that he said in his introductory press conference was that he would be interested in maintaining play calling responsibilities on the defense. That will be key. The next piece was the defensive coordinator search. They talked to a ton of different prospects, including some you know guys like Aubrey Pleasant of the Detroit Lions, who had a really nice intensity that some people believe the Saints would like. CJ Gardner-Johnson would beg to differ. And then there were the favorites, secondary coach Chris Richard, as well as defensive line coach slash assistant head coach and Ryan Nielsen. One of them seemed that they were going to get the job, but alas, it actually ended up being both. So both of them ended up getting the job. So they are co-defensive coordinators. So now when you talk about all the people that have their hands in the pot of defensive coordinator, you've got the two defensive coordinators and Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen, but then you have the defensive play caller and head coach Dennis Allen. So how are they going to make this work? Dennis Allen spoke about it with New Orleans media on Friday, and he uh, kind of rejected the idea that it would be too many cooks in the kitchen. Why? Because there was only going to be one voice, and that voice is Dennis Allen's. He will make all of the final calls. He will make all of the play calls. He will make all the final decisions. That seems to make a lot of sense. Is it really going to work? It's a little bit of wait and see mode on that one, but that's kind of what you want to hear, right? When you talk about the division of labor, there has to be somebody whose stamp is the stamp. And it sounds like that will be Dennis Allen, who is the most qualified for that to be his job as not only the head coach, but as a defensive coordinator that is carrying over to head coach and will still be the defensive play caller maintains, what's the word? Continuity. Yes, you got it. The next thing will be the responsibilities of those co-defensive coordinators. When do they snap into action? When are times where maybe they do things that Dennis Allen can't do? Well, that's exactly the answer. When Dennis Allen can't do it, those guys will do it if it pertains to the defense. So for instance, one of the examples that we got from uh, a couple of folks, actually Luke Johnson, Amy Juss, a couple of other folks from uh, all around Saints Media is that while Dennis Allen, for instance, is in the offensive draft meetings, Chris Richard and Ryan Nielsen are heading up the defensive draft meetings. So there's that piece. And I imagine you would see the same thing in practice. Chris Richard is going to continue to work with the secondary while Ryan Nielsen will continue to work with the defensive line. So not only are they co-defensive coordinators, but they maintain their position coach responsibilities. The only thing that shifted away from them was the assistant head coach tag that Ryan Nielsen once carried, which is now belongs to Darren Rizzi, who of course is your special teams coordinator and one of the big voices in the draft process as well on both sides of the ball as he's looking at special teams talent, particularly in day three. So when it comes to practice meetings, when it comes to uh, installs, things like that, you're going to see those co-defensive coordinators be present when and without 
uh, Dennis Allen's presence as well. But specifically when Dennis Allen is not present, they will head up those types of situations. The last piece will be play calling, right? I assume that there will be some input from these guys, right? Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, in terms of game planning and getting ready for the opposing team's um, upcoming passing attack or the opposing team's upcoming uh, run game, right? All of those things absolutely make sense. However, the play calling on game day all comes down to Dennis Allen. He will be the one that is the buck at which, you know, he will be the one, he will be the place where the buck stops. Sorry, that is an old phrase and I haven't used it in quite some time. So that's exactly what you want to hear is the accountability coming from the head coach, right? This decision was not made by Mickey Loomis. This decision was not made by Gail Benson. It was not made over the head of Dennis Allen in order to preserve Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richard. You can replace coaching staff if you need to replace coaching staff. This was Dennis Allen's choice. This was Dennis Allen's doing, right? This is what Dennis Allen wanted. And this was sort of the rhythm that he was comfortable working in. That is also good news as opposed to it being something that may be a decision that was made in a more of an uncomfortable circumstance or anything like that. It doesn't seem that that is the case. Again, good news. Mickey Loomis saying that he believes that the coaching staff should be the choice of the head coach. That's exactly what this was. And when it comes to the rest of the coaching staff, there were, other some, there were some other big decisions made over the course of this offseason, not just about the co-defensive coordinator spot, the offensive coordinator spot, but a couple of maybe lesser known coaching positions that the New Orleans Saints feel like they absolutely stole in terms of their hires. That would be the director of sports science as well as the wide receiver coach and Cody Burns. Let's talk about how those positions impact the New Orleans Saints going into 2022 and why the New Orleans Saints feel like they absolutely got steals at those coaching positions. We'll continue on and wrap up today's episode with that piece coming up for you in just a moment. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? The marshmallow protein infused marshmallow protein bars? Yeah, it sounds wild and it's because it is and it's massively impressive. They have found a way to put protein in marshmallows and make these bars taste good while covering them in 100% chocolate and nobody does cinnamon themed protein bars better. Cinnamon is one of my favorite flavors in the entire world, uh, better than Built Bar, right? The churro coconut puff or the churro puff is incredible. Go and check it out as well as all of your standard flavors that you know and love like mint brownie, coconut, uh, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, all of that over at Built.com. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off of your first order or your next order. Doesn't matter how many times you've been there, they're gonna give you 15% off over at built.com. That's 15% off of the promo code LOCKED1515. Use the numerals over at built.com. Get it, Houda Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at the New Orleans Saints coaching staff, the newest hires, and why the New Orleans Saints believe that they got absolute steals at two positions in particular. First of which is Matt Rea, who was hired from Alabama, who was the original, who was the uh, Alabama's uh, director of sports science. He is now coming to New Orleans, not with the title of strength and conditioning coach, but maintaining the same title they added to Alabama, director of strength, uh, excuse me, director of sports science. Science. So he is going to have a, a hand in making sure that he is impacting everything from strength and conditioning to game preparation to injury management to recovery, all of these things. And just as another reminder for you, when they bought into his practices at Alabama, soft tissue injuries went down by 
half. He have the soft tissue injuries. And just as a reminder, soft tissue injuries, anything muscular, uh, back spasms, back issues, which the New Orleans Saints fell victim to uh, throughout this season, uh, you know, hamstring injuries, which have hampered guys like Michael Thomas, as well as uh, Marshawn Lattimore in his time, so on and so forth. So those types of injuries are things the New Orleans Saints, unfortunately, know intimately and certainly would love to see eliminated or at least halved with the presence of Matt Reyes. So he's going to be a part of that. And he's somebody that the New Orleans Saints feel was an absolute steal. De- uh, Dennis Allen calling his hire a coup for the New Orleans Saints. So they feel like they're on the forefront of something here with this hire in terms of the impact that he had at the collegiate level. But now with NFL facilities and NFL resources, what he might be able to achieve with the New Orleans Saints could potentially step them up to another level in terms of their consistent, consistent uh, drive to innovate game preparation practice and their solutions there. So Matt Rea, one of the guys that they are very, very excited to see in New Orleans. Um, another big hire that they were very excited about was wide receiver coach Cody Burns. Now we're going to talk about Cody Burns more next week for sure, because I don't want to do that this week, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but look, we have the combine. Combine's fun. I love draft season. One of the things that I want to look at with Cody Burns is the mold of guys like Cedric Williams and uh, Darius Slayton and Vellis Jones Jr., who probably moved himself in a day two last night, by the way. Um, you can look at his time with Anthony Schwartz, as well as some of these other Auburn wide receivers. What were their molds before he showed up? And what were their molds after he showed up? And how does the New Orleans Saints current roster of players match up or compare to what those receivers were before Cody Burns got a hold of them? And how could we potentially see their roles shift based upon what Burns did with some of these other wide receivers? So we're going to break all that down next week. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But when it comes down to wide receiver coach Cody Burns, the New Orleans Saints feel like he's a rising star. So he's another one that's getting a lot of lofty sort of, you know, uh, laurels from Dennis Allen. So they're very excited to have him there. And one of the things that Dennis Allen talked about is that they didn't want much to change, but they wanted to be able to still bring in fresh ideas so that things didn't get stale. Cody Burns is going to be that fresh idea guy. And there are a couple of new positions or additional positions that are still on the way for the Saints to fill that aren't you know huge coaching staff positions, but are big staff positions that help them with ideas that we'll talk about here in a sec that can also fold right into that exact same uh, stretch. But when it comes down to what Cody Burns brings you, he's a great developer. He's a good evaluator of talent when it comes to wide receiver in terms of what to do with them once they're in the building. And so hopefully he'll be able to translate that into what they want to bring into the building. We saw an incredible showing of talent at the wide receiver portion of the NFL scouting combine on Friday night or on Thursday night, rather. And that's now what Cody Burns has to pick and choose from, in addition to a loaded wide receiver class that may see Amari Cooper added to it, knocking some of those other bigger names down the board, making them a little bit more affordable and potentially attainable for the New Orleans Saints, as well as some potential trade targets like guys like Darius Slayton, for instance, who apparently the New York Giants are ready to fire sell everybody, including Saquon Barkley. And so if you can reunite Darius Slayton and Cody Burns, that would be pretty dope. But you also have guys like Andy Andy Isabella, who has been given an opportunity by the Arizona Cardinals to seek a trade. So that could potentially lead him to a place like New Orleans as well. And yes, there might be some overlap or redundancy between him and Deontay Hardy, but you know what? You'll take it because you're not really in a place with this New Orleans Saints wide receiver room as it is presently constructed, especially with the you know pending free agents at the moment, to really get to a point to where you feel like you can pass up on any real opportunities there that could potentially improve your room. 
Uh, Mickey Loomis did say that they have some work to do when it comes to Deontay Hardy, who's a restricted free agent, should be easy to hold on to him, hopefully, fingers crossed. And then they also want to get some work done with Traquan Smith as well, who's an unrestricted free agent. We'll see if he's back in New Orleans for 2022. So with Cody Burns being this guy that potentially is a rising star, it makes me curious about whether or not he ends up taking a similar trajectory over the course of time as Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry, who started off as working with the wide receivers into a quarterback coach position, into a passing and coordinator position, and potentially soon into an offensive coordinator position. Maybe Pete Carmichael sticks around as offensive coordinator for one year, and then they get Ronald Curry trained up, and then that's his next position, or he ends up getting that position elsewhere. Could we see Cody Burns take a similar trajectory if all goes well over his tenure? Will be something to watch. Finally, the last two positions for the New Orleans Saints to fill, reading this from Luke Johnson here over at the New Orleans uh, Advocate Times-Picayune, and he mentioned that senior offensive assistant, which you should be held by Jim Chaney, of course, and then the senior offensive assistant, and I'm sorry, defensive quality control assistant are two positions that the New Orleans Saints are still looking to fulfill. Both of those positions could be fresh perspectives that lean, lend themselves to what Dennis Allen is talking about. Wanting to maintain status quo, wanting to maintain cohesion, continuity, all that, but still bring in fresh ideas. And that would be the primary responsibility, according to uh, Luke Johnson, or not primary responsibility, but the responsibility of that offensive assistant, senior offensive assistant would be being an idea guy, according to Mickey Loomis. So that would be another place where you could see some fresh new ideas being injected specifically on the offensive side, which might be where you need those big ideas the most. So that wraps us up in terms of our look at those new coaches, but we're not done necessarily. I want to talk really quickly about a couple of running backs to look out for. I'm just going to name a couple of names here because you know who I'm always excited about when it comes to these running backs. Damian Pierce out of Florida. Got to talk to him a little bit during the uh, media availability with the teams and with the with the participants. So make sure you keep an eye out on him, especially in his blocking um, in his blocking drills and everything, because that is something that he absolutely wants to sell about himself. Another one is going to be Brees Hall. And then probably keep an eye out on just because I think he's going to be a lot of fun, Rashad White out of Arizona State. So those are four names for you to keep an eye out on, but there are going to be a lot of fun performances to check out over the course of all of those running backs. So coming up next week, we're going to dive in. We're going to continue to recap everything going on around the combine. We've got offensive line and uh, we've got offensive line and running backs this evening. You're going to be looking at uh, d- defensive linemen and linebackers on Saturday. Lots of great names to track there as well. And remember, the more that those defensive linemen continue to raise their stock along with the offensive linemen tonight, the more that those skilled position players like wide receivers will fall down draft boards. That's good news for the New Orleans Saints because both offensive line and defensive line are deep and top heavy while wide receiver is deep, but not top heavy, which means that those will be the first ones to fall. Place kickers, defensive backs, keep an eye out on Tariq Willen on Sunday. He's going to blaze, 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 blaze on that 40. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. So we'll recap the combine. Make sure you know all the names that you need to know. And we'll go over uh, Brian, uh, Cody Burns and his whole rising star situation because of the work that he's done with wide receivers. How do the New Orleans Saints wide receivers now compare to the receivers at Auburn and Tennessee before Cody Burns got a hold of him? And what could that mean for those receivers working with Cody Burns this year? Lots to catch up on all throughout here on Locked on Saints. Thanks so much as always making us your first listen and today's second listen of the day. For your third listen today, make sure you go and check out the Locked on NFL Draft podcast. Former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, analytics expert Ryan Tracy, giving you everything you need to know around this week's combine. So go and check them out. And as always, y'all, for everything you need in between these episodes, over here on Locked on Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.